Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Feather and Fur. Your host, Brad Herobos. And today, we have on Damien with Punisher Waterfowl. Buddy, you are going to get me out of my comfort zone tonight, I'm telling you. We are. We are. You're normally the host, and now you're the guest. It's it's yeah. it's role reversal. Like, there's a psychiatrist somewhere that's going to tune in and be like, I can't wait to see how this goes. <laughs> oh, yeah, on, on a lot of different levels, I'm sure. <laughs> Thanks for having me, dude. Yeah, it's going to be fun. I've been wanting to get you on the show after I did yours. Yeah. Learn no, it's, it's awesome, man. I, I appreciate it. I, I tell you, um, every time, so I shouldn't say every time because it hardly ever happens that I that I do one of these, but I'm always impressed with other people's intro to shows. Like It sure. just blows. Yeah, I do. I, I love I love watching other people's intros that that they have to shows, and I just love watching the creativity of it. And 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 then my head starts spinning. Well, how did they do that? Like, how did that? How did they make that effect and and stuff? So that's really cool, man. Thanks for having me. 
I can take no credit for that. That's all Mr. OG himself, <laughs> Brian Schiller. Um, so that's all him. The only thing I'll take credit for is that amazing dog in the new canoe at the very opening scene. That's Miss Pippa herself. So that's all me. And that picture is actually my wife's handiwork. Oh boy. Awesome. With, with the tongue sticking out and all that. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, that's great. That's a great pit. How, how was she, uh, this year, this past year for upland? Cause you, you do a lot of upland hunting, right? I do. I'll use her for ducks earlier in the season, but with being 11, once we get yeah. to those hardier months where things get cold and if I'm hunting mm-hmm. current at that point, I just leave her home. Like she's retired from those hard hunts and those hard retrieves in the easier stuff when it's warmer, when her, when her hips really aren't like hurting mm-hmm. her, like her joints are really good. Like her joints are in excellent shape for being 11, to be honest. Yeah. But I just, it's just too hard on her, that cold weather duck hunting, but for upland, she did great. She was still like, she was still putting on between 10 and 15 miles a day. Wow. It's With just, me doing, she does about triple what I do. Oh, oh yeah, for sure. For sure. She so, would it just, it, it just blows me. I, I love, I, I just love dogs so much that, that their passion for, for doing it and just wanting to keep you like that. They're pretty happy doing the job, but they're pretty happy knowing they're doing it for you too. So, uh, that that's always pretty cool to me. I love watching, I love watching dogs work. I do. I, I can enjoy duck hunting without a dog. I love a great retrieve. Don't get me oh. wrong, but I still find enjoyment duck hunting by myself with buddies, not yeah. having to have a dog. Mm-hmm. I find very little enjoyment upland hunting though, without a dog. Like oh. if I wouldn't have a dog, I, I wouldn't grouse hunt right now. I wouldn't go walk around the woods by myself and grouse hunt. That's just nothing I'm interested in. So I've upland hunt, but like field, like pheasants, right? Um, sure. So when you're doing grouse, is she pointing grouse or is she just flushing? She's a pointer. So she's pointing grouse. She's pointing the woodcock, just like pheasant, but you're in thicker woods. You're like right. on transition lines between like that five, like a lot of times I'm, well, grouse like a lot of varied habitat they like that they like the open field for bugs in the summer for their chicks mm-hmm. they like the old hardwoods and yep. they like that younger like aspen and poplar as well and they they need a really good diverse habitat and that all needs to be within what what is it five or ten acres that's their home range ten acres yep. i think it is yeah that's right so i mean that's that's asking a lot so i mean you like some of the stuff we hunt is just crazy thick which is awesome i love it yeah. But my favorite part is watching the dog navigate and the grace in the woods going under and over trees and, and just through it all. And for me, just to stop, and I know people enjoy upland hunting without dogs, all mm-hmm. power to them. Like, yep. that's awesome. To me, it's watching the dog work is why I'm there. Yeah. No, I I, I totally get that. Um, I, I really do. I, I think I'm getting some feedback from my phone, so I'm going to kill it here. Um, yeah, sorry. Um, yeah, no, 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 it's awesome, man. I, I love watching it. I I've watched fellas do it for a long time, uh, watching video and, and seeing pictures. And just this past fall, I, I went on my first true upland pheasant hunt. Um, I tell you the biggest thing I learned from it is how quick you need to be to shoulder your gun when you're uh, with a crew of fellas because we we hunted all morning and I never got to pull the trigger once. Oh. 
because the boys were so quick shouldering their guns and uh, and getting the bird and i was just like holy smokes you guys are fast like and i think maybe i was watching the dog a little bit more as opposed to sure. the bird but anyways yeah spent it was a great morning i just didn't get to to shoot a bird but i had a lot of fun watching it's like that's where like when people say like shotgun fits really important that's yeah. when shot like you can kind of work around a somewhat bad mount and a somewhat bad fitting shotgun duck hunting because you have way more time than what like you know it like you have yeah. way more time when those birds are coming in like you don't have to rush your first shot like there's plenty of time there there Absolutely. really is like mm -hmm. new hunter and even when you get i get excited i'm like oh my god i gotta shoot and then you got plenty yeah. of time but like grouse hunting those birds get up and move so fast and with how they like duck behind trees and yeah. i can't count the number of pine trees that have saved a grouse's life for me like <laughs> <laughs> they just throw themselves right in the way but yeah like that's where shotgun fit to me is so important on my upland because it's snaps it's instinct like it's like yeah. if your gun is like if your mount and your shoulder if you're shouldering it and your mount isn't good and your gun doesn't fit right you're gonna get frustrated because you're gonna miss a lot of birds and even with everything fitting right I still miss a ton of birds. Oh, oh, buddy. Yeah. Well, and that's what makes it so much fun is that it'll still keep you honest, right? Or still oh, yeah. keep you humble. Um, because if you think you're a great shot, um, yeah, it, especially in the woods, right? Like you can lose sight of them so fast. Like it, it just, if they blend in with, with some foliage or, or something, you can lose sight of them so, so fast. So yeah. Um, good on you, man it's, it's I a good time i enjoy it yeah awesome it keeps me healthy too like i'm putting so many miles on my on the boots that time of year like it's actually like weight loss like a weight loss program i get more yeah, exercise in then than i do throughout the rest of the year well no absolutely you you got a pack on your back and you, you're you're just what and it's not like you're walking on a sidewalk you know right. it, it's transitions moving bending all that stuff so yeah it's great it's great exercise maybe uh Maybe that's something I need to spend less time in the boat and, and spend more time out walking around and see if I can lose some of this this keg I got that I'm carrying around with me right now. Mine's growing too, man. You're not alone. Nasty <laughs> right now. It's, it's just getting old. Like I'm yeah. just blaming it on I turned 40 and everything fell apart. Yeah, that was around about where it started for me too. When I hit 40, it was it was pretty it was pretty funny. My dad used to uh, sort of kind of go off topic but when i used when when i first joined the military and i would travel home on vacation and stuff well it'd always be it would be like a two-week party for me right i'd be home on vacation and you know it'd be just a two-week party and i'm drinking and and the whole bit and come home at three four o'clock in the morning be up again at nine o'clock to go do something with dad or whatever and he used to laugh at me he was like you enjoy this now buddy <laughs> He said, because it's going to catch up to you. Your days about till three and four o'clock in the morning and up at nine doing a day's work. Those days are coming to an end. I was like, nah, I'll be good. I'll be good. No. Once again, my old man, words of wisdom. Right. Yeah. Yep. I mean, that's one thing. It's like, I mean, man, duck season gets long doesn't like when you're up like when you're pushing it hard and like you don't go i don't go to bed any earlier i'm still going to bed at 11 ish at night and then mm -hmm. it's up at three in the morning 2 30 in the morning depending on where i get to and yeah 
there's no naps in the middle of the day. Like it's the next day, it's do it over again. It's like, oh. well, I do, I do take some naps and, and it's different for me because my kids are older now. Right. And I'm, and my wife is working. So when I come home, um, at the end of a duck hunt, I, I've got the house to myself. Right. So, sure. so I've got a, I can, I can squeeze in an hour, hour and a half, but you know, your first point about the duck season being long, like, it is long, man. Like, and, and you've always heard that term. Well, it's a grind, right? And, and it is a grind and, and it's hard, but I'm at the, like, I'm, I'm 46 years old right now. Um, and, and just like when I was drinking, when I was 20, but even, even when, you know, 10 years ago, I could, I could do the full season. No problem. Now, probably four days max. And then I got to take a day off. Like I've got to take a day off to recharge the batteries um, and ju- and spend, you know, like an afternoon just down in the grads, just picking away at decoys and making sure the rigs are good and stuff like that. Meanwhile, before I would do it, if I got home at eight o'clock at night and I was going out the next morning, well, I'd sit in the grads and I'd do it at 10 o'clock at night. As But now I just can't do it anymore. Uh, it my hat goes off to these fellas that are just on the grind the whole time. Not only on the grind, I tell you, Brad, the thing that really impresses me is the guys that do the travel that they do. Oh yeah. That, right? Because you're not sleeping, you're not eating home cooked meals. You're not sleeping in your own bed. You're on the road, you know, six, seven hours, eight hours, 12 hours out of the day to go get into some motel six, get a couple hours of rack and then hit the road, do a hunt. And then those fellows that are filming, because I'm going to let a little secret in on people. If you think that these videos you see, uh, when you see birds falling out of you, out of the sky, if you think that that was a one take, you're, <laughs> you're, uh, you're mistaken, right? Like they're out there. Like the, the guys, especially the guys doing the video. Like, oh yeah. That's long days, man. Trying to trying to get that B roll footage and stuff like that. So my Absolutely. my hat goes off to him, buddy, because I, I couldn't do it. I, there's no way I could do it. No, no, I can't. Like, no. I mean, you got the guys like some of those big video crews and whatnot that are still putting out those movies and still doing the YouTube stuff. They're starting up yeah. in Canada in, in September, and yeah. they're still hunting all the way into January <laughs> down in Arkansas, and they've been at it for what, four five months at that. Yeah, like, there's yeah. just no way. Yeah, and the tra- and like you said, the travel, never sleeping, like sleeping in hotels, everything yeah. else, and like the food, like all of it. That's just that's a lot. Like yeah, and and people that that's never done it, and I'm not slagging on anybody whatsoever, but like if you've never experienced a, a two week road trip chasing birds, you want to know what um, exhausted feels like. Go give that a try. And, and I'm sure there's other, there's other pursuits out there. That's like it, that it's just that that's the only one that I know. Right. That's the only one that I, that I do. So I, I get it, man. Like I'll go with, with my buddies and, uh, and they're still pretty gung ho too. They'll hunt more than what I will, but on day three, day four, like I'll say to them, boys, I'm not going this morning. I'm going to sleep in and I'll have lunch ready for you when you get back or something like that. Cause I just. I just can't do it anymore. And the flip side to that is like for the ones out there that are dreaming of that, they're like, man, they're so lucky. 
And like I get, and they're, and they all like the guys that can chase an entire season, start to finish north to south, like hats off to you, man, that you're able to make a career and make your like passion, your lifestyle truly. Yeah. But I completely understand like it doesn't come easy and there is a lot of work there. Well, it, it's a ton of work. And then, so this is the way, so I talked to a, to a fella about this a couple of years ago, you know, they were, uh, they were in the process of, of wrapping up their first season of filming. And, uh, and I said, man, you know, good for you guys, you know, you got your show and, and they were Canadians, right? So, um, a big deal for those guys, a big deal for me to, the the when I'm thinking about them and stuff and I'm like, man, good for you guys. Like awesome. And and they were like, man, it's, it's, it's hard. And I'm like, oh, it gotta be hard. And they were like, well, yeah, it's, you know, it's hard because we're chasing animals, we're chasing birds. But now think about now you have the pressure of making sure that you're on a hunt. So like, if it's me or you, Brad, like if, if, if there's no birds, oh, well, you know, we'll right. just go home and we'll just call it a day. Ah, oh, there was no birds. We didn't. But if if you've got a film crew with you, that's big bucks, buddy, if you're not dropping any birds. Yeah, I mean, scout, like, I mean, I put in quite a bit of time scouting, but to take that type of pressure, like, now you have to eliminate as many, as much risk as possible. So yeah. that means you are really putting the miles on scouting. You're really putting the time in, like, if you're not hunting and the sun's up, you're probably scouting at that point or driving to get somewhere else to scout. Yeah. 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 Fair, very fair point. I mean, that all just adds into that, those long days and sleepless nights and everything else. And then you wake up that morning and then you got to set everything. Like, it's a lot, like it's everything we do just yeah. to the extreme. Absolutely. And that's why, you know, you've heard that old saying, like, if it was easy, well, everybody do it. Right. Right. You know, so you, you think of these guys, like you think of the TV shows and, and the DVDs that you've watched and all this stuff over the years, um, anybody could do it, but who has, who has the drive to continue to do it? And that's why there's only a, there's only a select few dudes that can, that can pull this off. Right. And yeah, it's, it's impressive. And it's more, and it's, and there's so much more to it than just being a good waterfowl hunter or, oh, yeah deer hunter or bear hunter or whatever you are yeah. like you have to be good at running a business because you're running a business at this point yeah. right yeah. you have to be good at marketing because yeah. you have to market this program to people to sponsor it so you can even afford to do it like this is a career Absolutely. at that point yeah you have to treat it like one it's far more than just being like i'm pretty good at finding where birds are and getting on some hunts well it's a complete it's not that like i'm sure like if i got a chance to sit down and talk to a bunch of them like a bunch of different different guys like that that have done this before mm -hmm. i'm willing to bet most of them come back and say the hardest part is that marketing and the business aspect of it not the hunt itself oh absolutely uh, and and think about this and you've also got to provide some entertainment value right? right because and i've been saying this for years brad and and you've heard me say it like you can only watch a bird getting shot out of the sky so many times right because it's just another bird being shot so now you've got to produce something that's that's going to grab somebody's attention that you're going to entertain them so that okay well now i can't wait for the, this next video i remember there was a group of guys um a bunch of years ago uh not a bunch of years ago but a couple years ago 
um, down in the States. I don't know where they were at, but they were called uh, the Nomad Chronicles. And I don't know if you ever watched it, but there was a group of young dudes uh, just out. I think it was, I think they used, uh, they were using uh, socks. Uh, okay. And, and dude, like they were, they were just getting after it and, and they just filmed their stuff. Like they, they had good gear. It wasn't professional, but they had good gear and they, and they were putting out great shows and every, every episode you wanted to see what they were going to get into the next time. Cause you know what I mean? It was, it was as close to a real life show as you could get. Sure. You know, and with the Instagram and the, like that reels and all these, the TikTok and the short attention span stuff now, like even YouTube, I think people struggle like to keep, keep people entertained for 10 minutes. Well, like, yeah, like your show here, right? Like, so, um video wise so we have a show um now your show being fishing um is is more is, it's going to be more popular than what my show is any day of the week but like for for us and the fact that we're a small brand up in canada um our youtube like our youtube reach because our show is about an hour long just like yours um, our YouTube reach isn't that, isn't that great. We, we get a lot of people that will watch, but our analytics say, you know, 18, 19 minutes after that, people start dropping off. Right. So I, I'm constantly trying to figure new ways to keep people watching past that 17, 18 minute mark. And that's hard. I mean, expect like podcasts at our time frame being this one hour are great for like where people like enjoy podcasts like yep. out on the like i know a lot of people like kayak like a lot of i know kayak tournament fishermen that'll listen to podcasts while they're fishing like mm -hmm. that's that's cool yep. i know a lot of guys that drive that have decent commutes and their podcasts back and forth all the time like the yep. radio gets old like it's the same songs over and over and over again Absolutely. like so they're doing the pod so they're doing podcasts like it's easier to have a longer show then, right? Like yep, it, you get those right. full plays, but YouTube, it's difficult. Cause who, like it very, especially so, like, cause just two guys talking. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, absolutely. So that's what we find. Like the majority of our listeners in the States and in Canada, um, and, and listening is, is way more popular than watching for our show anyways. Um, but that's, everybody that we listen to that that's they may not get through a full episode on their morning commute but they'll they'll you know finish it on their evening way back home or whatever it it's usually always people that are driving driving to work driving to scout something like that that's who that's who we're getting mostly for for listeners we get some some people that watch um but yeah we get way more people listen to the podcast for sure and I think that's probably, well, I'm sure there's podcasts out there. Like I'm sure Joe Rogan show has a ton of views. Right. But that's a completely oh, yeah. different animal. Yeah. That's like, a, that's <laughs> a different beast altogether. <laughs> like, I don't even know, like, yes, it's a podcast, but is it really a podcast? <laughs> well, you know, and like, that's a production show. But you know, if you, if you look at how Rogan does it, like he, there's not a lot of bells and whistles or nothing, right? Like he's just on, honest to goodness, just just talking with, with interesting people. The one thing that Rogan does that I absolutely love, and, and he's in a position that he doesn't have to, to 
you know, ask for sponsors or, or, you know, throw, uh, drop the names of, of companies and stuff like that. But he'll, you know, work a product into when he's talking, right. Especially if it's, if it's fitness equipment or something for, for MMA fighting or something like that, he'll just weasel this little product in and he'll be like, Oh yeah, man. Like I, I'm doing this thing now for my neck and, and, and it's this product and it, and it's like a, a 10 second bit and then that's it. But you know that that company, oh, for it's sure. just, just, you know, cash register sounds just going, you know, because, because it was mentioned on Rogan, um, right. the guy's, a, the guy's a genius. And I, I think he, he, you know, he's got the most popular show in the world. And, and I think the reason is, is that he just keeps it simple with interesting people. I'd, that's real. I mean, and that's the cool thing. Like once you get to that point, right? Like, cause now like you almost get to pick, like you get to that point, you have the most popular show on the, like that. Yeah. You want to guess like, who's really going to say no to you at this point. Right. Oh, you're absolutely. probably like your list of guests is so long. Like you pretty much get to say like, what are, what's interesting in the world right now? Okay. X, Y, Z is interesting. Which one of the 30 people that actually could yeah. talk about this on this list? Do I want to talk to like, absolutely. And, and he's and not I even think... probably doing that himself. <laughs> You know what? I'd be, I don't know. I, I, th I think you'd be surprised because I think um, I think for Rogan to be able to have the conversations that he has um, with the people and, and very like and there's some pretty intellectual, intelligent conversations that goes on on his show. I, I would I would hazard to bet that he has a, a very big part to play and who it is, because I think that has something to do with how the show flows is his comfortable comfortability. Yeah, that's a hard word to say for me this evening, <laughs> but anyways, I, I would enough agree. about no. Yeah, I'd agree. He's definitely got to do research in order to have drive the conversations that he does. Absolutely. Cause there's I, so many different topics. Like what, I'm hunting to like, I'm bird hunting, like waterfall. Like I'm hunting, like yeah. I've, I've experienced there. It's relatively easy for me to like stay involved, like, and stay like, like drive conversations. Like, but you put me in something about wildfires in Canada. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. First thing about like dealing with wildfires. I don't have a clue. How am I going to yeah. intellectually like and have an intellectual conversation about that unless I would do research. That's right. Yeah. And, and I think that's what, so even for you, right? Because you do, you may not do, you may not do the, the same level of research or, or have a group of people do the research for you, like what a Rogan or, or some of these other big names will do, but you still do your research. Like right. when, when, when you're, when you bring a guest on for the first time, like you have notes in front. I do it all the time. You have notes in front of you of things that you want to talk about that, you know, because you've checked up on, on the person. And, and that's just, that's just part of the job and something that everybody, if, if you want to be, I I really want to word it the right way. Cause I don't want to come across as though I'm this, this super duper podcaster or anything like that. But you know, if, if you want to have a good show, you've got to do some research and know who it is that you're talking to. Agreed. I ain't got no notes in front of me right now. I'll tell you that. <laughs> well, but you already know. But you already know true. me, right? This is you, true. You know, you already in my know. Show, me. And my show's slightly unique in the fact that I don't do a script. I mean, yeah. it's all off the cuff. It's 
wherever the conversation, the conversation goes. I try to start a lot of my shows with how people got into hunting, but we jumped right into conversation. And that's okay. We never even have to make it back to that part. Don't matter. Yeah. My show yeah. is a hundred percent ad lib. It's like, it, it's wherever the conversation goes, whatever stories wind up happening. And then afterwards I figure out how to write a description around it. Oh, there you go. Well, like, <laughs> you know, well, let's, let's, you know, how did I get into hunting? Like my family, my dad was a hunter, but my dad didn't take me hunting. I was, my dad, you know, like my dad worked hard. Like he was a hard worker. Um, and not that my dad didn't love me or anything like that, because I know he did, but on a Saturday morning and, and my dad was a big game hunter. So moose, um, moose mostly, right? Like that was his chance to get away. And not that he didn't love me, but the last thing he wanted was me dragging around saying I was cold or I was hungry. It, he just wanted some time by himself, right? So um, when I got older, uh, you know, a, a young man, yeah, I, I would go with my dad. But back where I was from, um, if you wanted to hunt, well, you had to be a man to hunt big game. That that okay. was just that was just the way it was, right? teenagers you could go hunt rabbit grouse ducks geese sure that sort of thing as a teenager but if you wanted to get into to moose well you had to be a man in order in order to do that right so for us it was just we lived in a in a little town on you know in the north atlantic on an island in the north atlantic um there wasn't a lot to do so so you had to entertain yourself so there was a time in the fall of the year um between ball and hockey uh, where there was nothing on the go. So what'd you do? You just grab your grandfather's single shot cooey and everybody just went out and walked around and tried to see if you could shoot ducks. Like it, it really, that's all it was. Uh, I didn't, my friends got me into it because my friends were doing it. So therefore, well, if I wanted sure. to hang out with them, then I had to do it. Right. So, so I done that. Um, but then, you know, when I hit, um, when I hit my twenties, I joined the military. Well, I, I just, I just putted away. I never, ever, I, I didn't duck hunt at all. When I joined the military, I was living in barracks on base. Um, so I couldn't have a gun, um, you know, all that stuff. And it was, it wasn't until after I came back from, from Afghanistan in, in 2007, uh, that, uh, a friend of mine had said, Hey man, you know, like you should probably get back into hunting again. And, and it was strictly a therapeutic thing just to get just to get back out get out watch the world wake up in the mornings get outside and just you know dump all the bullshit that the real world throws at you right absolutely Um, a way to reset way to refocus i mean yeah and that's when and it was at that point where when i really started to learn how to duck hunt because when i was a teenager we just walked we just pond hop, right? Sure. And hope that you were like if we went home with if there were four or five of us, if we went home with a one duck, that was a huge success for us. Nice. <laughs> right? So right. But no, that's that was, like the best part is though, like, how awesome is that though? Like to know like four or five of you and your buddies go out, you jump shoot a pond, one yeah. duck falls, like it doesn't matter what happens the rest of the day. Like that yeah. day was one. And yeah. now we go out like, and we set our decoys and everything. We shoot one duck. Sometimes we look at each other and be like, hell are we doing here? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. No, very good point. 
very like uh, and and now i'm at it doesn't happen all the time but every morning i go out my plan is to shoot a limit right that that's my plan every morning now does it do i get mad if i don't shoot a limit no um i don't get mad but my it it's a success for me if if i if i hit a limit you know if if that makes sense yeah it doesn't it's not the only thing that matters on the hunt but it's a part of the hunt for you oh yeah absolutely it is absolutely it is um and you know what with the amount of money i've spent in this coming home with one bird my wife is just going to start telling me to uh hey it's time to stop buddy because uh <laughs> we're going to starve to death if we have to wait for you to, to, to put food on the table you know what i mean that time could be better spent at a grocery store at this point well and, and yeah and and that little piece of of mallard right you know how, but, how far, even even fully plucked and like how far is one mallard going to get you <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's right that's right so but yeah man like it, it's i don't know i think everybody or i should say i've never come across anybody that didn't start hunting from humble beginnings from just a pure passion for like you know what i mean like there was no I do. nobody I, i've yet to meet anybody that said well i'm going to start duck hunting because i'm going to make i'm going to get rich because of it i've yet to meet anybody that that said that i i know people now that have that have turned it into a career sure um, but nobody starts out as saying well i'm going to be you know a extraordinary duck hunter and i'm going to make millions of dollars um because well actually i don't think that's even possible i think um mr uh robertson down in down in arkansas is the only one that can claim a million dollars from from duck hunting because i don't think anybody else can and that wasn't even from the duck hunting like that was from his reality show like yeah yeah (laughs) yeah i mean and now duck hunting got him to that point right i get that commander calls and but the marketing of their shop their personalities their shop and what that show could be yeah that's what got them there oh, their marketing and, their, and his business sense and his personality and his awareness of the entire like the marketing like though his awareness of what reality tv shows were and what he thought could fit into that market like that's mm-hmm. how he made that money and and he's you know for what reality tv is and you know, you, you can have your own thoughts of what you think. Real, the majority of reality TV that we see is not even close to reality. Um, but Duck Commander and and that show, that I'm, I'm guessing that was pretty close to reality. I'm sure that there was some stuff that was um, embellished a little bit here and there. But I got a feeling that was pretty close to, to reality as you could get when it comes to that family. I'd agree. I mean, I, I'm sure that there are some things like blowing up the beaver dams and stuff like that. Like they've done that before yeah. and they're like, we can turn that into a show. Let's wait on that. Just, just wait. Yeah. I don't do that just yet. We'll make an episode out of that. So I'm of sure course. part of it was staged and scripted to like to a degree, but mm-hmm. I think for the most part, you're right. Like all of it came from some truth. Like all yeah. of that show, I believe came from some sort of truth from their family and I it wasn't it. written by like writers or anything like that. 
yeah, like you know, the, the characters. If you look at, if you look at Willie, right? Like Willie, Willie was the brains behind it. Like was Willie the 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 great hunter? No, not really. But he was a smart man when it come to the business, right? Um, you know, Sai. Like every one of them are 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 their own characters, and and not one of them could have made that show without the other. Um, I agree. But I I do think that that was as close to reality. Like look at look at Mr. Robertson's house. Like that man could be living in a mansion, and he he don't need it. So he's so and and that's sort of kind of where I was trying to go with this is that, you know, they spoke to an entirely different demographic of people that have never been spoken to before on TV. And, and that got them some popularity because you know what, just having some morals and, and standing up for what you believe in that, that stuck with a lot of people. And and that was a lot of reason why that show was so popular. Agreed. Mm -hmm. And it's just another, another that, that they had their own grind, right? Yeah, I mean, just their own grind, and it. I mean, it's great to see. Like, it's it's just it's amazing. It always amazes to me how people like. To me, I just keep going back to that marketing because it's we're always marketing. Like, I market the always. show. We yep. market everything. We like if you want to be successful in the outdoor industry, you have to be into marketing in some sort of way or shape or form because you're marketing yourself to businesses is mm -hmm. what you're doing. Like, mm -hmm. how can and you have to figure out how you can convince that business that you can help grow their sales. Absolutely. Because the business is looking at at you as a commercial, basically at that point. Yeah. That's the thing, like, and and within the fishing world, I, I can't even imagine what it's like in the fishing world, right? So I can only, I can only talk to the hunting world and, and this whole, this whole idea of this pro staff, um, moniker that that people can get right so so first off for people and i and if anything i say is wrong when it comes to the fishing world jump in and, and tell me but like in in our world pro staff doesn't mean your professional staff it means your promotion staff so you have to understand that the company is going to get more out of you than what you're going to get out of the company because it wouldn't be a very successful company if they gave more to the people that's promoting their stuff than what they're making. That just makes sense to me, right? Agreed, so, 100%. So, you know, when you're talking about marketing, like I do it every day, um, I'm trying to market myself. I'm trying to market my brand and, and my business partner who you've had on the show uh, a bunch of times, Dave. Um, that That's what we do every day. We're trying to market ourselves so that um a company you know would so let's take new canoe for for example so so david dave is very very involved with new canoe um mm -hmm. and uh, and dave got a great relationship with new canoe and with brian and 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 the whole bit and the whole time you know like dave's been saying damien you need to get into a new canoe you, you need to get into this kayak hunting and, and trying it and stuff and i'm like i, I don't know man I, I just don't i don't know if it's the right fit for me or or whatever not not bashing anything um 
but then I, you know, I, I sort of had this epiphany where I'm like, you know what, I, I really do need to get into this kayaking because I need to market myself to a different group of people. I, because I'm not, I'm not reaching the kayak hunters right now. Right. Dave, Dave can, because sure. he has that, he has that experience and, and he knows what he's talking about. I, I don't, and therefore I can't talk, talk about it. So I, I've got to get into it. I've got to start marketing myself now as a, as a kayak hunter or somebody that, that does it or tries to do it, I, I guess is a better <laughs> word. Um, but I've got, that's part of the marketing side is that I've got to, now I've got to go dump and, and listen, if you think new canoe, just flip me a new, a new rig, um, you, you're, I, I hate to break it to you, but it doesn't, it doesn't work that way. So you know, I had to, I had to go out and buy a new rig and now I've got to teach myself how to hunt out of this thing, how to use it and, and whip my dog and the, and the whole bit. So there's, there's a lot to marketing yourself, I guess is what I'm trying to get to. And it's there not, is. and it's not cheap to market yourself. <laughs> and you need, and versatility goes a long ways too. Cause if you like, okay. Like for, I started in kayaks, right? Yep. Yep. And I, it took me, like, I didn't expand it. Like I started as a, well, there's a lot of kayak fishermen out there. There's mm -hmm. a lot of kayak fishermen out there. There's a lot of far better kayak tournament anglers than me. So the question is like, how do I separate myself That's right. from these other kayak anglers? Like, well, I'm also a duck hunter and I've been using my kayak to duck hunt. Okay. What kayak on the market can help me do things differently? Right. Mm -hmm. That's how I looked at it. And I'm like, well, I can mount a mud motor on a new canoe. Mm -hmm. Not a lot of people are doing that. Yep. Well, so now I'm running a mud motor on a new canoe and people are like, whoa, like what, what, what's he got going on here? Absolutely. So I've got a mini mud boat now and it allows yeah. me to do all these different things. And I've got a big mud boat too. Don't get me wrong for certain, but that little guy allows me to do things that are different. That's right. And it's like, and I, and I keep that mentality and I just started working with another company and he's letting me borrow some of his lights so I can try them out to see how they work on a kayak. And now I've been, now I've been, now I set my kayak up for bow fishing with these amazing lightweight led lights that just hit the market. Well, okay. now I'm doing something different still. Now I'm bow fishing out of a kayak with a mud motor. How many people you see doing that? Yeah. Well, and, and that's the thing you, you've, if you want to succeed, uh, and this is, um, marketing 101 from Damian Pittman um who knows absolutely nothing about marketing but um if you want to you 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 can't do what everybody else is doing you've got to do something different because the only way you get noticed in in this crowd of and and like you said there's a lot of kayak fishermen out there um if you want to get of, noticed there's not as many kayak hunters but there's enough kayak hunters out there too that you can blend in with that sea and that crowd. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So if you don't do something different, then you're, you're probably not getting noticed. Right. And not, and, and not everyone yeah. wants to get noticed, but for those that want to grind it out and try to find their niche through yeah. social media, through working with companies, creating your own brand, like you mentioned, yeah. like if you want to create your own brand, yeah. you got to find your own brand. You got to do something that's going to help you stand out. Like, yeah, there's tournament anglers out there in boats, kayaks, everything else that they can stand out just because they're so successful. Like they mm -hmm. have just that natural talent and they put in the time on the water and they can go out there and they can just slay fish. Yeah. That wasn't me. So how do I, 
even like duck like duck hunting yeah i can get on some good duck hunts but there's guys out there in better areas that are more productive that do far better video work than i do and can edit film like i'm terrible at editing i don't mm -hmm. like editing video like i don't yeah. do a lot of video because i just have a disdain for video editing like i hate it with a passion like i'm like i'd rather I, there's I, there's a lot of things i'd rather do than that that most people would be like what is wrong with you like i just yeah. don't like it so i don't do video so like how, like so it's like how do you set yourself aside like apart from it and for me it's doing dumb things in little plastic boats like running long tail mud motors and shooting fish like and duck hunting like that's how yeah. i chose to set myself apart other people yeah. you can do it with like amazing photography like you can Absolutely. if you're amazing like you can do it with photography you can do it with writing like blogs yeah. are still like i mean even like there's so many different ways to do it but you got to find some way to set yourself apart from everyone else. Well, absolutely. And, and the only people, so that's your first, I would say that would be your first step, right? Your, your first step is, is identifying, okay, this is, this is the route I'm going to take, um, to be different and to try to, uh, you know, curve my way in, in this world once you come once you get that's the easy part then comes the work because right. that that's the hard part is like dude and and for your listeners uh i hope i hope everybody goes and checks out my social media punisher waterfowl um on instagram and facebook and all that stuff but like this this brand i started this brand in in 2014 that that's nine years ago and there's been a lot of no's in nine years, buddy. There's oh. been a lot of people that have told me, dude, what are you doing? You're never going to, it's never going to, it's never going to be what you want it to be. And, and there's, there's always a doubter. There's always someone that's going to say, man, what are you doing? Like, come on, give it up. Like, you're not going to be Mr. Robertson. You're not going to be, you're not going to be Aaron T calls. You're not going to be, sean stall or any and right i i don't want to be sean stall sean stall is sean sean stall does stuff that i can't do and i don't want to do just like we talked about right well we we talked about it being oh, yeah. on the road for like two months out of the fall yeah. like that, that's a that's crazy but um and he's been doing it for how many years now oh, he's been doing it ever since he's probably been you know traveling i, right. I bet you since he's been 19 20 years old on the road and Sean's, I think Sean's the same age as me. So in his mid forties. Well, I remember when I first got into waterfall hunting, his, some of his videos were some of the first videos I ever yeah. watched. Yeah. Like I still got the DVDs. Oh, oh now you're dating yourself, buddy. <laughs> but that was in my early twenties. That was yeah. in my early twenties when I got waterfall hunting. So that was, that was 15 years ago. Yeah. 18 years ago. So he's been doing it. That's a long time. That's. Yeah. And you know so i guess i i guess the point i'm trying to make is is that you know you sit back you could sit back and you can look at a brand and you can look at a video or you can look at somebody and see what they're doing and you could think man that what a that's what a what an awesome little thing that 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 guy or girl's got going on right there making uh making some money doing what they love to do and and stuff like that I don't know. Wait, people make money doing this? Well, yeah, apparently, <laughs> apparently, 
Um, <laughs> don't tell my don't tell my wife that I'm supposed to be making money because uh, because that's definitely not happening. But um, but you know that there's only there's no quick way to 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 be successful. I guess is what I'm is what I'm getting at. Like every every person. And and if you look back at you know Sean Stalls and Fred Zinks and and those guys, like they slugged it out for a long time before before things started to you know turn the way that they wanted it to turn and and then they could be successful and and you know have their companies and their businesses and and the whole bit right so I don't know I I don't want to come across as this preachy dude that that knows it all because I definitely don't but. No, I man, just... it's good because, I mean, we're given an insight that I think a lot of people don't ever actually, like, fully take in. Like, they don't really think about. Or they're, or they're, you got the listeners that are like, how did you guys get where you are? Like, how did you, yeah. like, figure out how to start a podcast? How did you start working with these companies? And, like, we're able to do things, like, because of my podcast and because of my position in the outdoors, I'm able to work with a nonprofit by us called Wisconsin Hero Outdoors, get mm-hmm. veterans out fishing into yeah. the outdoors in multiple ways, soon to be this fall out hunting. and you've been able to accomplish some pretty amazing stuff with Punisher Waterfall. Yeah. And, and, and I think that's, you know, just like you, Brad, like you've got to stay humble. And, and I guess for me, I, I pick small battles to win. Do you know what I mean? Like never in my, never in my mind did I ever think that I was going to be, or Punisher Waterfall was going to be, the number one brand in the world. Never did I say um, Punisher Waterfowl's got to put food on my table um, or or provide for my family because not without selling myself short or anything like that, but that's an unrealistic goal for me because I don't, I'm not going to do the three months out of the year traveling on the road. I'm not going to do all of the work that it takes to be the number one brand. Sure. Do you know what I mean? I so do. I, I do. I'm happy with, with what I am. I, well, I, I'm 80% happy. I could always go a little bit more, but I don't need it to be this. I don't, I've heard so many people say, and, and you would know it as well. Um, you know, they started, they started their companies, their brands, their business, whatever it is, um, because they absolutely love what they're doing. But then it came a time when all they done was work and they didn't get to go do the, the very thing that started them in, in the business. And, right. and I don't want and I don't want that to happen with me. And it's and it's easy. It's, it's very easy to have the grind replace the passion, too. And it turns yeah. into a second job. And if it, mm-hmm. and if you're not making money at, at, and if you're not making money, which I'm not, yeah. I'm not making any money doing this. I do this. I do this to better myself, to use it to make connections, to help yep. help with different projects I'm involved with. Because again, even podcasts, bringing guests on the show, that's all part of marketing. 100%. It's all part of expanding expanding your reach because coming on your show, when I came on your show, yep. it might've put me in touch with someone I was never in touch before with. And it's Absolutely. another guest I can either bring on or it's another avenue to get somewhere, like to work with another brand or another Absolutely. company. Yeah. And it's just it's just another piece of marketing. Absolutely. And, and, uh, a friend of mine, uh, once said, um, if you're not networking, you're not working. Um, 
And and that sort of always stuck with me because it it makes sense. And and I don't want it to come across as though I, I'm saying, well, the only reason why I'm hanging out with you, Brad, or doing a show with you is because I wanted to to use it to propel me further ahead because that that's not the case. Um, but there's something to be said about surrounding yourself with with good people because if if you're constant if that's who your your circle is then nothing but good things is going to happen to you nothing you just right. if, if it's if, if you're just pushing out positive and the people that that you hold closest to you if they're just giving out positive then then it's just nothing but positive that's going to come from it right so that's absolutely and and that's the the podcast like I don't know how it is, how it is for you. Like when you reach out for guests, I did a show. Uh, I recorded a show, uh, one of our shows earlier today, and I had a gentleman on by the name of Matthew Hicks from Ohio. And this dude, I've been wanting to get asked this guy to come on the show for a long time um, because his photography is amazing. And we recorded. So that was episode 149 that we recorded today and i still get floored and excited every time i ask a guest to come on and they say yes oh agreed because it blows, because there's, there's people that i admire that i've been that i look up just like you right there's people oh, yeah. that's in this world that that you're like oh man i bet you that he's just a good dude and and then you reach out to ask them to come on your show and yeah absolutely i'll come on and 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 talk with you for a little bit and then you're reminded that everybody just they're no different they just love they just got a passion and and they just they just want to keep doing it and and they want to hang out with people that are the same sometimes you know the really the really popular guys it, it becomes a grind for them and and they don't get to to hang out with the people that they want to all the time Agree. I mean, it's, there's that balance, right? Like, I mean, if it's your, and it's also, you got to respect the career too. Like as much as they would probably want to come hang out, they can't because they yeah. know that this puts food on their table. Legit. Yeah. Like this puts the money in, like, let's not say food on the table. Cause we're hunters here. This puts the dollar bills in the bank account, right? That's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And the thing that I've found and, and I've said it on, on the, on our show a million times is that, um, I, I really can't believe some some of the people that we've had on the show how they've turned into being really good friends and and they just you know just like you and Schiller um oh. like like Jeff Co I remember the day that that my business partner said he was like I'm going to reach out to Jeff Coates and see if Jeff Coates will come on the show and I'm like Pfft. Jeff Coates is not coming on our show buddy that dude is way too busy Meanwhile, now I, I think Jeff's been on the show like six or seven times That's and, awesome. and he'll come back anytime we ask him and, and he does the voiceover for us for our show. And it's just, and he's become a dude, he's become a friend that, you know, I talk to him once a week, easy. Sure. And now sure. he's a friend. And, and at one time I was like, yeah, that guy's not going to come hang out with us knobs up in Canada. Um, <laughs> You know why? Why would he? Because Jeff Jeff is a straight up. He's he's a killer. Like and and I think the most popular duck hunter 
on, on the Eastern seaboard. Um, so why would he come hang out with us? But he do, and and he has a good time, and and now we're friends. So I I just think this whole podcast thing is, is just such a cool cool thing, and and, and then, like, I agree, like it, it just those connections and the network you make, and I think a lot of that also comes to like what you said, positivity, but that positivity of like I think can really be shown like in how you give back too, like. Mm-hmm. Like for you, I mean, you have your entire event that you like Punisher, Punisher Waterfall has your event, like, and you take veterans, you take yeah. first responders as well, if I remember right, out yeah. hunting. Yeah. And I know you've made some amazing relationships and that's more than that's not just like, we're going to put on an event and forget about you afterwards. That's like mentorship, that's connections. That's like growing like a family. Yeah. Well, our goal, it's so much like you, like the stuff that you do with the veterans, right, is, is to get them out of their basement and, and get them to be active. But the goal for us, and not to take anything away, we want to get them out of the basement and get them out and get them active. But the big goal for us is that they meet somebody at that event that they can now call up, hey, we should uh, we should go do this. And and now it becomes, they've, it, it's an opportunity for them to create their own community. Um, and then- sure right and then they don't need to rely on on a brand or or a guy like me to to organize a hunt for them they, they've got a group of friends now and and now they can go out and they can do their own hunt that that's the goal is to give them some some ownership um because listen like i i suffer i have i have mental illness from from my time serving overseas and stuff and i know a lot of people both sides of the border canada and the u.s same deal and and you need to have somebody that that you can that you can trust that's your friend um and 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 that's what it comes down to someone that you can trust enough that you can dedicate four or five hours out of your day that you're going to sit down with because and and i don't know if if many if that makes sense to many people but to me I got to know that I can carry out a conversation and we can have fun for four or five hours before, you know, we go out hunting because then it just doesn't make for a fun hunt. And so these veterans, that's, that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to, the first responders, veterans, all these guys think about a cop. And, and these are the cops I think about more often than not, because most people don't like them because they're sure. always given tickets and stuff. So they're, You'll, I mean, you only talk to, I mean, most people's interactions with a police officer is when they've done something wrong. Absolutely. Or, or there's some sort of emergency and they need help. Like, Absolutely. like it's, so it's, it's a traumatic event either way. Yeah. So, so you think about a, a police officer, um, you know, coming off shift in, in a city, let's say you got, you know, posted into a city or a township or wherever, somewhere where he's not from. So he knows nobody. He's a police officer. So he thinks half the people in town don't even like him because he's had to give them tickets and stuff. So how hard do you think it is for that, for that man or woman to, to meet a group of friends that, that they can go out hunting with or fishing with or spend some time outdoors with? It's extremely hard for them. Extremely hard. And it's hard. And it's like, even like when you get them together and you help them build those relationships. And even if they're from different corners, right? Oh yeah. Like you get these, 
Facebook community, like, and like, I'm not talking like groups on Facebook. I'm talking like text chats, like group yeah. text messages and <laughs> Facebook message groups and stuff. And it's just a bunch, like when you start to get those personalities that click and you grow that friendship, even though you might not be hunting with them, like that one guy goes out to hunt and, and like he shows a couple pictures and he missed his limit. And the guy comes back right away and goes, we all know you missed your limit because you shot like shit. Like, <laughs> exactly. Like, like exactly. I mean, the ribbing doesn't stop and it's always, and it's all in good fun, but like all of those vibes just continue through that group chat. Even. That's right. That's right. And, and you know what, the, the, that, that quiet guy that never used to say anything or, or, you know, you've passed him a, a dozen times a day and he just nodded at it. Now he's coming out of his shell. Now he's, you know, he's part of a group and I keep saying he, he or she, she um, um, but they're coming at it or grew at a editor shell now. And, and they're, yeah, and they're, they're chucking shit just like, just like everybody else. Right. And that, It, it's a pretty, pretty powerful thing to sit back and witness when you see somebody that that's new to new to the sport, new to the passion, new to a group, and then you know come Sunday because our 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 events usually run from Friday to Sunday. Sunday clean up and everybody goes. It's pretty powerful on Sunday to watch the friendships that have built and then through social media, see those same people connect on hunts six and seven months down the road. It, it's sure. pretty powerful to, to sit back and watch. And, you know, we don't do, we don't do it enough. Um, the veterans and the first responders and, and stuff like that, because it, it just takes time and, and, and the whole bit. And, and that's not an excuse. I wish we did more of it to be honest with you, but um, at the same time, because we only do it so often, I think it makes it that much more special. And you, and you know, as well, Brad, like you, you're in this world, you know, you know all about how, and I got to say this, how unbelievably appreciative they are of the things that, that when you put together these sort of things for them and, and you would know, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. I've never seen one like walk away like, oh, that was that was horrible. <laughs> yeah, like, I've never, never seen will. that. I've never I'm right. I've never seen that. I mean when I take when I take one um when I take them out, like my goal is to like not only like ensure like mentor like to make sure that like my first thing is like mentorship, like make like I want to teach them so they can do this on their own. Like I don't yep. want them to have to rely on someone else. Like I want them to be able to experience the outdoors in the way I experience and watch that sunrise and like watch like all my problems melt away as this as the marsh comes to life. And I want them mm -hmm. to be able to do that on their own is what yep. I like that's my end goal. But my other one is like I want to make sure they enjoy it during the same time. Cause we know waterfall hunting can be a grind and yeah. I don't want them to experience that grind on their first couple of hunts. They're going to find it out real quick. And they're also going to find out how poor they're going to become also, <laughs> but that's that. I don't show them that right away. No. Yeah. That's probably good. It's probably good. You don't show the bank account after, you know, um, August, July and August when you got to get ready for the fall. Um, but yeah, man, like it's, you, you sort of kind of talked talked about it uh, a, a few minutes back when you were talking about the podcasts and and marketing and and being successful. You've got to be willing to give back, too, right? Like you can't you can't constantly take. 
right. there, there's got to be you've got to give something back into the universe that that's good um in order to succeed and and for us like dave i would say dave is is really the catalyst behind the mentorship side of the things and making sure that you know they can go do this um down the road just looking someone's pulling into my driveway in a cool truck and i'm like i have no idea who that is um but um you know like they dave sort of looks after that mentorship side of things and and making sure that they know and they got the tools and and the the knowledge in order to to put together a hunt i'm more i'm more concerned about the just get out there just get out it doesn't matter if you don't shoot birds as long as you get out and, right. and you're outside, all of that stuff will come because you'll get hooked 100%. Oh, absolutely. The hard part is just getting you outdoors. And once you're outdoors, then, then the rest of it will come into, uh, come into play, I guess. And that's where like having a good time, right? Creating those like memories, like having, like getting that group of friends and finding those, finding that new network of people. Like that's where it gets cool. Like that's where it starts to grow. And then you all push each other to stay outside. Buddy, I am real sorry, but we're going to have to cut this loose. That's all right. That's all right. Um, you're not sure. Here's like, tell everyone how to find Punisher Waterfall. And then I'll make sure all the links are in the description. Yep. So the, the easiest thing to do is just find us on social media. So search Punisher Waterfall on social media. You'll find us Instagram, Facebook, um, all of the all of our particulars will be there you'll be able to find out our show you'll be able to see all the things that we're working on some of the big events that we've got coming up um all that great stuff you can find it brad um i'm i'm extremely sorry that i gotta cut this off here right now because somebody just pulled in and i really gotta go check oh, it's it it's all good we hey we, hey i said 40 minutes to an hour and 20 we're right at an hour it's perfect man perfect it's just we needed someone to kick us off or this has been a four hour episode. So it's good. I yeah, appreciate I, you coming on Damien and we'll bring you back on later. Uh, I appreciate it. I love it, buddy. And same with you open invite anytime on ours. Sounds good. Big love, buddy. Talk to you later. Later. Thanks everyone for tuning in to another episode. And until next time, keep chasing that experience.